Right on, right on, right on. Live right. Live right. In the real world. Right on radio. Right on radio. Welcome to Right On Radio. My name is Jeff. I want to thank you for being here. I believe I've got a pretty interesting show for you to consider today. You know, I've always said that God is a God of repeating patterns. And it's also been said by many that we are watching a movie. But yet I prefer to use the term scripted reality. And what do I mean by scripted reality? Well, I believe there's a book that has a beginning and the end of our reality as we know it. And at this time, there's a lot of uncertainty in the world, all around the world, not just America, Canada, You look at countries like Sri Lanka, uh, Russia, even the good people of Ukraine, China, Iran. There is so much going on. South America. There is so much going on that it's really hard to keep track. And so I've been asking God, how can I, what are you doing? As, as we all have been. What are you doing? And I believe I have a some biblical stories. I'm not going to actually read the scripture because so many people um, turn away. They just want intel. But I'm going to assure you that this intel is based off of scripture. And it's very, very interesting. You know, it's been said, and even on this show, oh, by the way, before I go into that, um, if you haven't subscribed, please do subscribe, hit that notification bell, make sure you've hit it if you already are subscribed because apparently gets turned off. Um, If you can give a thumbs up and even a comment, If you appreciate it, then I appreciate you. But it's it's been said during this time that we're waiting for a parting of the sea moment, that Red Sea moment, like in Exodus. And that's when the people were enslaved, their riches were stolen from them, and God freed them, and gave them the riches. He parted the sea, and God's people traveled through the sea on dry land with the riches. The riches for the evil were stored up, and they were given over to God's people. And I'm going to cover that just a little bit, and then I'm going to go into a couple other stories, and you're going to start to see a pattern, and I think you're going to see where things are headed. 
at least this is my belief. I can't 100% say that uh, this is biblical truth. In fact, I'll jokingly say uh, I'm going to be reading from the NJV, which is not blasphemous. It's a joke. The new Jeff version <laughs> where I put together some of these biblical stories in a pattern, but I do believe that God has led me uh, to this and let me know what you think in the comments. But let's just look at Exodus for just a moment or two. God promised he would take action and uh, protect Israel. Well, there's promises for us as well in the Bible. And God does keep his promises, it seems. And, you know, when, at the time of the Exodus, just leading up to it, obviously Pharaoh was in power and Pharaoh had enslaved all these people, stolen their religious freedom. You know, there was a bunch of evil stuff going on. And God promised to do something about it. Well, I'm going to make the case that things are pretty similar today. We've had our wealth stolen. And it is probably by Pharaoh. <laughs> uh, just we see different figures in today's modern but yet very ancient society because the ancient ways have not gone away. But first of all, the first plague, you might say, at that time was he turned, the water turned to blood. Well, we've been seeing signs of that around the world. It happened in Florida. It happened in China recently, just in recent years. So we've seen these things. Are they, you know, coincidence? Maybe, maybe not. But then there was the plague of frogs. Today, I suggest to you that there is a plague of frogs and these frogs are holding the modern-day servants of Pharaoh accountable. We're kind of gathering evidence and writing it down. So then there was the plague of boils. The livestock started to die. Have we been seeing cows turned upside down? Have we been seeing, you know, governments ordering farmers to kill a bunch of livestock? And we've been seeing some unusual weather, the plague of hail. And then there's the plague of locusts that happened, darkness over the land. And then there was the plague of the last sons, or the first sons being born. And of course, that uh, brings us to the Passover. And then 
God leads the people and the sea is divided. So that is the story of Exodus. Then, you know, I want to just fast forward to the time of Isaiah. In fact, Isaiah 45, chapter 45. I've read it on air here before, and I'm not going to read it. But for those of you who are interested, I think if you read Isaiah 45 again, perhaps you're going to see it with some new eyes. Maybe some of you already kind of get the parallels, but hang on. So Isaiah 45 was written by the prophet Isaiah and foretold of a king that was to come. And it was written, you know, about a hundred years before that king arose into power. So just before that king arose into power, the uh, son of Nebuchadnezzar, uh, Belshazzar, was the king of Babylon at the time. We're kind of living in Babylon now, if you haven't uh, haven't noticed that. But the king of Babylon, he had enslaved all the people, taken away their religious freedoms, and really was making a mockery of God. You'd think he would have learned from his father who was driven out into the wild and driven mad, eventually killed. But no, he was a pagan king of a great empire. And so one night, Belshazzar decides to have a great party and it was a wild party, I'm sure. And they actually had all of the artifacts from the temples brought into the king, you know, the chalices and stuff like that. And they filled him up with wine and him and his concubines and all the people who were there to party with the king got drunk on the wine. And yet there, there were still prophets in the town and high priests who believed in God and they they didn't really approve. They weren't invited to the party. Let's just put it that way. But outside the gates was another king. And you have to understand that Babylon at the time was a fortified city. It was impregnable. It was surrounded by the Euphrates River, a mighty river. And then it had high walls and it had gates and drawbridges that would be brought up at night. And it was fortified. This king certainly had no fear. He was the king of the mighty city of Babylon. But there was this king that... Isaiah spoke of over a hundred years before. And 
he came to take Babylon. And that night when Belshazzar was having his wild drunken party, drinking from the artifacts that were like brought from the temples, like the temple of the most high God. While he was partying, a hand appeared and there was some writing on the wall. And it was like the hand of God appeared and wrote these words on the wall. In fact, let me just read you those words. Give me one second here. Mene, mene, tekel parsin. I don't know if I enunciated it right. But he was confused by this. And, you know, they searched, they had, you know, their wizardy type people, their enchanters, their foreseers come and try to interpret, but they couldn't. But the queen said, there is a man and he serves the holy God. And he was actually helped your father by interpretation of dreams and stuff like that. So Belshazzar summoned Daniel, the prophet. And Daniel, the prophet, came in and the king said to Daniel, if you can interpret this that I've seen, You'll be clothed in purple. You'll be treated like a royal. You'll have everything that you want. But Daniel, the humble servant of God, said, No, king, you can give your gifts to someone else, but I will interpret the dream for you. And this is what the words mean. God has numbered the days of your reign and brought it to an end. You have been weighed on the scales and found wanting. Your kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and the Persians. So outside the gates of Babylon was this King Cyrus. And by the way, Isaiah 45 is about King Cyrus. And King Cyrus was a great king. Uh, he was a pagan king as well. He didn't know God at the time. But God used him even if he didn't know him. And what was interesting is, you know, historians recall that what his strategy was, was he actually rerouted the Euphrates River and it dried up the night of that party. And those prophets and, you know, high priests of God who were not invited to the king's party, well, they might have been the ones who opened up the gates 
for King Cyrus to come in. And so King Cyrus and his armies entered Babylon without a challenge. And the people of Babylon received them as their liberators. Not a shot fired. Quite interesting. So the water dried up again and they walked across dry land into the city of Babylon. So why am I telling you all of this? Well, on the cover art is the cylinder of Cyrus, and it basically tells the story of King Cyrus. And when he got into power in Babylon, he actually was the great liberator of the people. He gave everyone their freedom to worship their God back. In fact, he even said, go back to your land and rebuild your temple. And he gave them the artifacts to take with them. All religions, all religions. He set the captives free. And they went back. And he was known as a great king. In fact, he's been given the moniker King of Kings. Interesting, right? And Babylon was a mighty empire. And of course, Babylon ended up, you know, going into the ruins. And you know where Babylon was? It was in Iran, curiously. And did you know, just jumping ahead, oh, let's say 2,300 years or so, just doing quick math, don't hold me to that. You know that the founding fathers of the United States knew that the United States, which is the last great hope on earth, and some call it Babylon, but they knew it would be multicultural and they knew that they wanted freedom of religion no matter what God you served. And the founding fathers actually looked to King Cyrus to see what he had done. And they looked to the writings and the historical remembrances of the cylinder of Cyrus. And the great document, We the People, was pretty much based on the cylinder of Cyrus. Really interesting. And they knew about some things that the country would go through and the world by extension. This is about the world, not just the United States. This is about the world. So they put in all of these things into the document to protect 
your religious freedom, your right to speak, all kinds of things. And just like Cyrus, you know, they got rid of a lot of things that were terrible in God's eyes. People weren't meant to be slaves. That's not, we weren't designed to be slaves. Every person, race, creed, color, gender, are made in the image of God. Whether they serve him or not, you're made in the image of God. So now, let's fast forward. It was the late 1890s, actually just right around the turn of the 19th century, that uh, there was a book written by Ingersoll Lockwood called The Last President. And the parallels, you know, considering parts of the uh, book take place, the exact place where Trump Tower is right now. And I've covered a lot of these parallels before, but just think about it. The last president, and it was written just a little bit over 100 years ago, kind of like Isaiah talking about Cyrus. So in comes this president, number 45. I don't think there's a coincidence with Isaiah 45 numbers. I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking too much about it. But he comes in against all odds. And what does he do? One of the first things he did was he got rid of the Hyde Amendment. He stopped taxpayer money from going towards, well, what they say is women's rights, abortion. And that eventually went to, led to Roe v. Wade. He, you know, made the place, made the United States energy efficient. But he started people to really open their eyes greater than any figure in modern history to see what is going on around the world. And it has done this around the world. That's why people in these countries are rising up. It's truly incredible what is happening. We're watching a war right now. And yeah, there's plagues going on right now. There's all kinds of signs of the time going on right now. But just like back in those days of uh, Belshazzar and the Exodus and the plague of the frogs, you and I, if you have eyes to see, can see the writing that is on the wall.
my question to you is, will the last president become a king? Well, I don't know the answer to that. But considering we're in a war, is he going to take that position without firing a bullet? What else did he do in his first stint in office? Oh, that's right. He relocated the uh, embassy to Jerusalem and made the announcement that went across the world that Jerusalem is indeed the capital of Israel. This, perhaps like King Cyrus, has paved the way for the third temple to be built. He also did the Abrahamic Accord, or the Abraham Accord. Very, very telling, folks. I don't know all the details on how this is going to go. But I do say this is at least in some version our future. I believe that the wealth of the wicked is going to be handed over to God's people. I do believe we are going to have our freedoms back. I do believe the writing is on the wall for those evil kings who have enslaved us. We're waiting for a Red Sea moment. I think it's coming, folks. In fact, I really, really feel it's coming. But just like when Cyrus took Babylon, Babylon didn't fall. Babylon just became a decent place to live for a while. But make no mistakes, God keeps his promises, and God is going to deal with the great whore of Babylon. I don't think God's people are going to be hurt in that. So as we go into this season when the world is celebrating the birth of Jesus, this is being taped in late December 2022. Just remember, 
that even if his birthday was probably in September, Jesus is the reason for the season. And you're living in a great time. Things are hard for some of us. Gas is expensive. Food is expensive. But you know what? You can still get it. Count your blessings. Be thankful to the Lord. Be thankful to him in this time. Pray for his grace and peace on all of mankind. And surely you're about when, I don't know, but we are going to see the hand of God appear. I pray for each one of you on a very consistent basis. So does my team. I really want the best for you. I pray that God opens up all of our eyes and just reveals himself in a greater way to each and every one of you. May you have joy in your heart, praise on your lips, for he is worthy. So in the meantime, remember, love your God, love your family, love your neighbor as yourself, and make a difference in your community.